Hi, welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and I'm glad to have you on board. Today, we're going to talk about the six top lessons I've learned in court. So because I believe your family matters, I want to provide hope and help to your family to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. So let's go ahead and get started. The six top lessons I've learned in court. Number one, candor with the tribunal. What does that mean? It's an ethical requirement, basic, bottom line, lawyers have to be honest with the judge, okay? I think that's a minimum. Judges are looking for integrity, they're looking for honesty, they're looking for credibility, not only with the witnesses, but with the attorneys. The judge wants to know that if the attorney says something to the court that's occurred in the case, whatever the case law is, what the facts will show, that those are gonna be accurate statements. If a, if a lawyer's not candid with the tribunal, and they've actually misrepresented something to the court, that could be an ethical violation. That's to the extreme. But what I'm talking about is building candor, building a reputation, building credibility with the court. So you build a reputation of honesty and being a straight shooter. So when you get into court, the judge says to himself or herself, okay, this is Tom Marks. He's uh, been here many times before. He's always been a straight shooter. He's never misrepresented something. So the judge is more likely to take what you say at face value and not question you as the lawyer. Okay, so candor with the tribunal. It's not only the ethical thing to do, it not only builds your reputation with the court, but I believe it also enhances the results you're gonna get in court for your client. Okay, number two, preparation wins the day. You can't walk into a courtroom and try to just wing it. You can't walk into a courtroom and just shoot from the hip. You have to be fully prepared. You have to have your the lawyer, the lawyer's team, meaning paralegals, legal assistants, and so forth, and the client all have to be in harmony with each other, knowing what you've got uh, to present to the court. So if you've got a case that's dealing with custody, you're gonna need to know what are the 20 factors that the court must consider in a custody or time sharing or contact case that those findings have to be made by the court. And so you need to be prepared as the lawyer to present that evidence to the court, to ask those questions of the witnesses. So preparation starts at the beginning of the case and continues throughout the case, not just in the beginning, not just during the representation up to and through say mediation, but also through all of the discovery process when you're sending interrogatories or a request for production of documents, subpoenas to third parties and so forth. Uh, I haven't done a video on those topics. If somebody would be interested in hearing about when do you send interrogatories? When do you send a request for admissions? 
uh, request to produce beyond just the standard mandatory disclosure. Um, also depositions. There are all kinds of types of discovery. Um, be happy to get into that in another video, but that's part of the preparation and sets you in place to be effective when you go to trial. Okay, number three on the top six list of things I've learned in court is similar to number two, but this is very specific. It's making sure your client is prepared for trial. I can't tell you how many times I've been in court and the other side was not prepared for my cross-examination. I always make sure that my client knows what questions I'm going to ask him or her on direct examination. And yes, we'll prepare for that. I don't tell the client what the answers are, but they know what the questions are gonna be before we walk into court. So they've had time to think about it, process it, and they're not caught off guard. But equally bad is if the client's not aware of the questions that opposing counsel may be asking them in court because it's opposing counsel's job to quote, impeach, the witness, meaning uh, it could be another witness or uh, the client, uh, and all the witnesses need to know what's going to happen uh, in the courtroom. Because I mean, that's that's the whole dog and pony show. That's that's when all the evidence is presented, and that's when the court's going to make an ultimate decision. So, the client needs to know what areas of uh, potential questions are going to be asked of them at, on cross-examination. Opposing counsel is going to try to trip them up. Impeach means to prove that they misrepresented or lied about uh, something in a prior statement, whether it's a prior deposition or answers to interrogatories. The client needs to be aware of those, have reviewed those, know what answers the client gave previously, know how to respond to opposing counsel's questions on cross-examination. Super important that the client knows what to expect in the courtroom. There's gonna be an opening statement by each of the lawyers the judge is going to maybe rule on some preliminary motions and then the case begins. If you're the petitioner, you're going to go first. You're going to put all your witnesses on. Each witness, um, the lawyer puts on the stand. Opposing counsel has the right to cross-examine that witness as well as your client. So there's a lot that goes into it. I'm going to say that when I, go, when I go through all that with the client and I kind of paint an emotional word picture for them and I actually describe the courtroom and where we'll be sitting as opposed to the other side and where the judge is um, viewing things from and whether the client's going to go up to a, a witness box or testify from uh, the table where I'm at. Um, all of that helps to alleviate and reduce uh, the anxiety and the concern and the fear that the client might be going through. And that's part of the lawyer's uh, responsibility to try to really help the client, provide hope and help to the client, to let them know what to expect, to try to help them reduce their stress level. Okay, that's number three. Now let's get to number four. Okay, so this is know the law. The lawyer, you would think is kind of basic, knows the law. Well, yes, lawyers, good family law attorneys do know the law. They, But there's new cases that are coming out every week 
uh, from the district courts of appeal. There's five different district courts of appeal in the state of Florida, and there's the Florida Supreme Court. And so you need to be kept up to date on all of the law. The court is going to expect that you know the law up to the day that you go to trial. There's also a lot of nuances that the lawyer needs to be familiar with. The evidence code, example, uh, the hearsay rule. Hearsay is an out-of-court statement offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. So if, let's say you have a witness that's gonna testify or your client about something somebody else said, like a teacher told them that their ex-spouse uh, did this or that to the children or said this or that to the children, bad things about my client. Objection, hearsay, that's an out-of-court statement offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. So it's not admissible, okay? The person that the former spouse said that to can come in and testify about that because it was a statement made directly by a party. That's an exception. There's 23 exceptions to the hearsay rule. Evidence code, very important. Okay, I alluded to this earlier. You're gonna need to know what findings you're going to need to prove in court. So I, I mentioned the 20 factors that you have to establish for the court in a custody case for time-sharing contact for the parenting plan. But there's also others like for alimony, you've got to prove an ability on one spouse's side to financially pay for alimony and the financial need to receive alimony uh, for your client. Um, and then there's a bunch of other factors in the statute 61.08 that you get into. Those are the kinds of things that I include the client on in the discussions and I send them, here are the factors. Tell me what, you know, we need to know the, uh, the length of the marriage, the age of the parties, the health of the parties, the education level of the parties, career building efforts that one spouse made to assist the other spouse, um, what one spouse or both did in uh, raising the children, uh, did they give up in, um, a career, different things like that. There's also a factor for um, non-marital resources available to the parties. It's not often looked at, but is there an inheritance? Is there monies available that's, they're not marital, but they're available to one of the parties so that can impact alimony. So know the law, that's really important. Okay, so number five is know the facts. The lawyer must know the facts sufficiently to present the case to the court. Who knows the facts the best? The client does. So what should the lawyer do? Make the client part of the team. You have a legal team, which is the lawyer and his or her paralegals, legal assistants, and so forth. And then you have the fact part of the team. What are the relevant facts? What What's important to prove? What's important to show to the court? The client knows that. So I start out telling the client, I need to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I need to know all the facts and I explain to them and show them, here are the relevant factors for custody, for alimony, for child support, what, whatever it is. And so the client's educated and they know then 
what's important. So is there some type of parental alienation? Is something going on there? Do we need uh, to get an expert involved, a social investigator or a guardian ad litem or something? So the client's part of that process and part of uh, finding the solutions there in what we're gonna do to prepare for trial. Okay, so know the facts. The lawyer should know the facts almost as well as the client. I'm never gonna say the lawyer's gonna know them as well because the lawyer didn't live through it. The client lived through it. But if the lawyer spends the time with the client, educates the client and is curious and inquires and helps the client develop what are the most important factors and really learns about it, then that's a powerful team of putting the law and the facts together. Okay, number six, uh, in the top six most important lessons I've learned in court, have a strategy, okay? This is kind of like a chess game. I, I think I mentioned I played competitive chess when I was younger, um, won the Dade County Championship twice. So um, I was pretty good at chess. I still love the game. Um, I know the Queen's Gambit is out. Um, has anybody seen that, Netflix? Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard so much about it. I can't wait to, to watch it. But chess is a very strategic game. So you have an opening game, you have a middle game, end game similar in law. So when the, when you first meet with the client and you're learning the case, you're learning what the facts are, uh, what are the issues gonna be? You're gonna spot those issues. You're gonna start to develop a strategy. Um, it can be a simple strategy. Some cases are not that complex. Some cases you can have start uh, from a simplified divorce where there's no minor children, there's no child support, there's no alimony so you can dispense with a financial affidavit in a simplified case and there's not that level of strategy then you get cases that are long-term marriage with a significant disparity in income uh, one spouse makes substantially more than the other there may be a privately owned business and we've got to figure out what's the value of the business um, so you have to do a business valuation, hire an expert to do that, or do you sell the business to avoid that expense? Does one party stay in the business? Do both parties try to stay in the business? I'm not a big proponent of that. I think it's very difficult to do, and I have done it um, on a number of occasions in my 35 years of practice. Um, but you have to you have to get business um, attorneys involved to draft some pretty complex documents depending on how large the business is. But there's a lot of strategy that goes on. Do you take depositions? What, what other kinds of discovery uh, do you engage in? As I mentioned before, interrogatories, request to produce, request for admissions. Not a lot of family law attorneys do the request for admissions. Sometimes do you do a motion for summary judgment? or a motion for partial summary judgment to resolve some or maybe all of the issues without having to go to trial. But you wanna limit, narrow as many issues as you possibly can before you get to trial. So your strategy is putting all that together. There's also, of course, the strategy of trying to resolve the case without trial because trial is expensive. Trial is the, the whole 
big show that has to go on for the court with all the witnesses, all the subpoenas, all the deposition transcripts, all the experts, everybody lined up. Um, it's it's uh, less than 5% of the cases actually go to trial um, because it's so expensive. And if you have good lawyers, they can help you resolve the case. Obviously, I've mentioned collaborative law many times. If you have a collaborative case and it's successful, you're never gonna even step inside of a courtroom. There are gonna be no hearings and no trial. But there are those cases where one side is typically so unreasonable, there's no other option, there's no other solution than to go ahead and take it into trial and let the judge make the decisions and get it done. Okay, so I hope this video has been helpful. I wanna make sure that I'm posting high quality content for my, my audience. So if you have comments, please leave them below. If you have suggestions for videos that you'd like to hear me make, um, or if you have just questions about different issues of the law, let me know. Uh, please hit that subscribe button, uh, that like button, the, the, the bell, so you can get notification of future videos. So have a great week. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in the next video.